we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're listening to Dark and Creepy Stuff. No. Yeah. It's dark and Creepy Things. Oh. <laughs> this is Dark and Creepy Things. With Frank and Scout. Alright, so, I think um, I'm going to read a, a story. We've got a missing person. He's still missing. Um, this is the story of Johnny Gosh. Spelled G-O-S-C-H. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Okay, so John David Johnny Gosh, born November 12th, 1969, disappeared September 5th, 1982, was a 12-year-old paperboy in West Des Moines, Iowa, when he disappeared on September 5th, 1982. Yeah, we've already said that part. He is presumed to have been kidnapped. His mother, Noreen Gosh, maintains that Johnny Gosh escaped from his captors and visited her in 1997. See, that's the part that kind of creeps me out. That visited her? Yeah. Which is a bit weird. It's so weird. But now fears for her life and lives under an assumed identity. Wow. Gosh's father, John, so very inventive with the names, (laughs) um, divorced from Noreen since 1993, has publicly stated that he was not sure whether or not such a visit actually occurred. Authorities have not located Gosh or confirmed Noreen Gosh's account. And his fate continues to be the subject of speculation, conspiracy theories, yes, and dispute. What do you think about this so far, Frank? Ah, yeah, sounds, sounds... To be honest, at the beginning it sounds like your typical... Kid, like missing person's case. What's a typical missing? Someone goes missing and you never see them again. Like, I mean, sure, there's. I'm sure that there's other shit going on. Mm, okay, but all right. The case re- received publicity in 2006 when his mother claimed to have found photographs on her doorstep depicting Gosh in captivity. Some of the photos received were proven to be children from a case in Florida, but one boy in the photos was never identified. Noreen Gosh insists that boy is her son, Johnny. Yeah, that's a bit weird. (laughs) Mm, A little bit. I like that on the wiki page, which I'll make sure I'll post the link to um, in the description of this podcast episode. It's got a running, it's got an updated um, like running status of how long Johnny has been missing for. And he's currently missing for 35 years, 6 months and 15 days. So, if he was nearly went, my whole life. Yeah, but if he went missing at age 12, he would now be 47. Oh, true. Yeah, because he was born in 69, so he's quite old now. Yeah. If he, presuming he's still alive. Mm, well, mm. yeah. Alright, so, let's read a bit more. Does this pique your interest? Yes, press yes. back. Oh, did I click yeah. on them? Oh, dear. Yeah. All right, so the disappearance. No, it's fine. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Disappearance. On Sunday, September 5th, 1982, in the suburb of West Des Moines, Johnny Gosh left home before dawn to begin his paper route. Though it is customary for Johnny to awaken his father to help with the route, 
The boy took only the family's dachshund, Gretchen. Oh, sausage dog. With him that morning. I love the name Gretchen for a dog. Especially a sausage dog. Gretchen. 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 <laughs> Come on, Gretchen. Uh, I hope Gretchen's still alive. Um, other paper carriers for the Des Moines Register would later report having seen Gosh at the paper drop picking up his newspapers. It was the it was the last sighting of Gosh that can be corroborated by multiple witnesses. A neighbour named Mike reported that he observed Gosh talking to a stocky man in a blue t- two-toned Ford Fairmont with Nebraska plates. Mike did not know what was discussed because he was observing from his bedroom window, as you do. Yeah, why was he staring at the paper boy <laughs> at his bedroom window I don't know. on a <laughs> Sunday? <laughs> Was it a Sunday? Yeah, Yeah, it said at the beginning. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, As Gosh headed home, Mike noticed another man following Gosh. And he didn't see anything. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He didn't call anyone. He didn't check if Gosh was okay. No, Mike's just standing in his window. Okay, okay. What year was this? This was 82. Okay, I suppose people back then weren't as careful as they are now. No, no, of course not. It's still creepy, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on to you, Mike. John and Noreen Gosh, Johnny's parents, began receiving phone calls from customers along their son's route, complaining of undelivered papers. Where's my paper? Where's that Johnny? Johnny's not delivered my paper. Give me my newspaper. John John performed a cursory search of the neighbourhood around 6am. He immediately found Johnny's wagon full of newspapers two blocks from their home. The Goshes immediately contacted the West Des Moines Police Department and reported Johnny's disappearance. Noreen, in her public statements and her book, Why Johnny Can't Come Home, has been critical of what she perceives as a slow reaction time from authorities and and of the policy at the time that Gosh could not be classified as a missing person until 72 hours had passed. By her estimation, the police did not arrive to take her report for a full 45 minutes. Okay, pause. Okay. <laughs> a couple of things. I knew you wanted to say something. A couple of this. things. Yeah. Why the fuck is her book called Why Johnny Can't Come Home? That's really dramatic. I kind of want to read it, though. But it's just based on it's that It's so part. dramatic. I know. But... Why Johnny Can't yeah. Come Home. Two, why is a missing person not classified as missing until 72 hours That's has passed? That's not that bad. I think it's changed no. now. Nowadays it's 24. Mm. If you're an adult. Oh. Yeah. This is a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Who has been who would have been missing for a couple of hours on his normal paper paper route. Mm. And he can't, had never and he like he just disappeared. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't the police do something after then? Nowadays they would. Nowadays they'll do something straight away. You think so though? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if someone's that young. Mm. They didn't arrive for a full 45 minutes and take her report. That's so long. So long. So that's different. Though. I know. Like 45 minutes isn't really I not know. that 72 long. hours of yeah, yeah, not that, being under really that is missing. Not, that's really not cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So police came to believe that Gosh was kidnapped, but they were unable to establish a viable motive. They turned up little evidence and arrested no suspects in connection with the case. All right, but what about Creepy Mike in his window? Yeah, why did why did they not suspect Creepy Mike? 
Yeah. Why didn't they interrogate, interrogate Creepy Mike Maybe further? he didn't come forward at first, I don't know. But also, That's... Creepy Mike doesn't have anybody to say, yes, Creepy Mike was there. That's true. Like, Creepy Mike could have been making all this shit up. Mm. It's true. I'm right. on, we're on to you, Creepy Mike. A few months after, the, after his September 1982 disappearance, Noreen Gosh, the mum, has said her son was spotted in Oklahoma when a boy yelled to a woman for help before being dragged off by two men. Over the years, several private investigators have assisted the Goshes with the search for their son. Among them are Jim Rothstein, a retired New York City police detective, and Ted Gunderson, a retired chief of the Los Angeles FBI branch. Ted Gunderson's a famous person, isn't he? I think so. I know the name. I know the name as well. In 1984, so this is, what, two years after the... Gosh's photograph appeared alongside that of Juanita Rafaela Estefez on milk cartons across America. They were the second and third abducted children to have their plights publicised. Publicised. Huh? You said publicised. <laughs> their plights publicised in this way. The first was Etan Pats. Etan? Etan. Etan? Etan? Etan Pats. Hmm. Yeah, missing kids on the milk cartons. Mm. All right. Another missing paper boy. On August 12th, 1984, Eugene Martin, another Des Moines area paper boy, disappeared under similar circumstances. He disappeared while delivering newspapers on the south side of Des Moines. Authorities were unable to prove a connection between the two cases. Yet Noreen Gosh claims that she was personally informed of the abduction a few months in advance by in advance by a private investigator who was searching for her son. She was told the kidnapping would take place the second weekend in August 1984 and it would be a paper boy from the south side of Des Moines. Okay, That's okay. a little bit fucking okay. specific. Yes, it's a little bit fucking specific. And why didn't Noreen say something? Did she say something to the cops? Saying, I've got a tip? Probably not. Like, She's probably working against the cops who took a whole 45 minutes to come <gasps> and take a report. 45 minutes? Yeah. Oh my god. But another missing paper. Oh, what? Yeah, okay. The 1990 discovery of a body in Mexico soon identified as John E. Gosh of Washington State was similar enough to that of Johnny Gosh that it renewed interest in the case at that time. So that's a completely unrelated case. That's ridiculous. Like, but the fact that they have the same name I know, yeah. renewed this, the interest in this mm. case. People are fucking weird. <laughs> so weird. Alright. Alright. Noreen Gosh's claims. According to Noreen Gosh's account, she was awakened around 2.30am one morning in March 1997 by a knock at her apartment door. <laughs> Waiting outside... Wait, so this is 1997 now. Waiting outside was Johnny Gosh, now 27, accompanied by a man she had never seen before. Gosh said she immediately recognised her son, who opened his shirt, as you do, to reveal a birthmark on his chest. And this is in quotes. We talked about an hour or an hour and a half. He was with another man, but I have no idea who the person was. Johnny will look over to the other person for approval to speak, says Gosh. 
He didn't say where he is living or where he was going. Did, wouldn't you ask Noreen? Seriously, Noreen. Yeah, but also, wouldn't Noreen, I don't know, maybe call the cops? Like, Again, I don't... Like, maybe I don't think Noreen is in her right mind. Well, I no, think probably not. As you would. Like, imagine, like, your son gets taken and mm. you never see him again. Yeah, that's true. Like... I don't think you'd expect anybody whose 12-year-old kid just disappears to be in their right mind. No. In a 2000... Still, that's creepy. Just... Like, just wake at 2.30... No, just... Even a knock at the door, like, at 2.30 in the morning... By enough anyone. to scare the shit out of you. And then you open it, and it's who you think is your son, who's now 27. Like... Yeah, but, like... Some strange if man. Some, yeah. For someone who hasn't had anybody missing in their lives, a knock at 2.30 in the morning would freak me the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Because he'd probably be like, holy shit, it's the cops, someone's dead. Like, yeah. and then it's yeah, you open it, and it's your missing it's your son, but now missing grown son. up. Yeah. In a 2005 interview, Gosh said, "The the night that he came here, he was wearing jeans and a shirt, and had a coat on because it was March. <laughs> it was cold, and his hair was long. It was shoulder length, and it was straight and dyed black. Oh my God, Johnny became emo. <laughs> Johnny became Goth. Yeah. After the visit." She had the FBI create a picture she says looked like Johnny. Gosh self-published a book in 2000 titled Why Johnny Can't Come Home. The book presents her understanding of what her son went through based on the original research of various private investigators and her son's visit. I still want to read it. On September 1st, 2006, Gosh reported that she found photographs left at her front door some of which she posted on her website. I've really got to check out her website. One colour photo shows three boys bound and gagged. She claims that a black and white photo appears to show 12-year-old Johnny Gosh with his mouth gagged, his hands and feet tied, and an apartment... Apparent. Apparent. And an, I really should have my reading glasses on. And an apparent human brand on his shoulder. A third photo shows a man possibly dead who may have something tied around his neck. Mrs. Gosh alleged the man was one of the perpetrators who molested my son. Hmm. Well, then again, that man could just be really into autoerotic asphyxiation yeah. and taking creepy, sexy photos. Maybe. Gosh later said that the first two photos had originated on a website featuring child pornography. There we go. On September 13, an anonymous letter was mailed to Des Moines Police. This is what the letter apparently says. Gentlemen, someone has played a reprehensible joke on a grieving mother. The photo in question is not one of her son, but of three boys in Tampa, Florida, about 1979 to 80, challenging each other to an escape contest. There was an investigation concerning that picture made by the Hillsborough County, Florida Sheriff's Office. No charges were filed and no wrongdoing was established. The lead detective on the case was named Zelva. This allegation should be easy enough to check out. So, Nelson Zelva, who worked for the Hillsborough County Florida Sheriff's Office in the 1970s, said the details of the letter were true and adds that he also investigated the black and white in 1978 or 1979 what? What investigate the, the photo? Is that what the photo, you? yeah, the black and white photo in 1978 or 79. Before Gosh's dis- disappearance. He says, I interviewed the kids and they said there was no coercion or touching. I could never prove a crime, Zelda says. 
When asked for proof that this was indeed the same photo from years before, Zelva could never provide any. Noreen Gosh still believes the pictures to be of her son. Okay, I just realised something. The letter is anonymous. Who sent the letter in? Mike. Creepy Mike. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, why wouldn't you say, oh, I'm, I'm from this police? Like, why are you being anonymous about this letter? Yeah. What are you connected to this somehow? Mm, yeah. Like, are you, are you a person who's done child pornography or whatever and you do want to get arrested? Like, yeah. then why are you saying something? Like, this is, that's weird yeah. that they sent an anonymous letter. Yeah. All right. National interest. The case generated national interest as Noreen Gosh became increasingly vocal about the inadequacy of law enforcement's investigation of missing children's cases. Missing children cases. I agree, and I kind of feel like that's why she hasn't really been cooperating with the police and telling them because like, that's shit. Off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like she's obviously like. She's obviously lost faith long ago in yeah. the in the. Yeah, but that's department. the thing, right? That's the thing. Like Johnny Gosh goes missing. It's been what thirty five years since then. How long can she, in reality, expect the cops to investigate her son's disappearance? They're not. But that's what I mean. Like, she she can't expect them. That's to... why she's been hiring private investigators herself and stuff. Because. because they're not. It's his pay, his files being you know moved backwards and like under well, somewhere. Well, they don't have any evidence to find. To, it's a dead end. Is it though? It um, is. I don't know. Is something getting? I don't know. Covered up. Pushed aside. Like, I think it's a dead end, and they're just giving up. I know, but a kid just can't go missing, and you don't find them. I know they do, and you just never find them again. Like if that was your kid, like. You'd go crazy as well, and you start would go crazy and not trust the police, and start hiring your own private investigators. And yeah, but at the same time, the cops are paid by taxpayer money. They need to investigate but all they crimes. But they, yeah, they do to a certain extent. But how much time can they spend on the one case? That's what I mean. Yeah, they can't spend all of their time on one case. They've got other shit to do. Exactly. Hmm. Was that? Oh, national. Was that up to national interest? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, she established. So she established the Johnny Gosh Foundation in 1982, so the same year that he went missing, through which she visited schools and spoke at sem- seminars about the. Mo- How do you say that? Modus operandi. Operandi? Of, mm, of sexual pre- predators. What is that? I don't know. Let's click on that, that link. Modus operandi. A modus operandi of ah mo often shortened to mo is someone's habits of working, particularly in the context of business or criminal investigations, but also more generally. I say I always thought when people because I watch you know I watch a lot of crime shows and stuff I always thought the mo meant like motive, but that's kind of what it, it is. So it's not what, really. It's not. So motive is different. Someone's habits. So uh. what? So I guess what her seminars were what um, sexual predators do. So, okay. like, things like grooming, stuff like uh, that. Yeah. So, like, right. what to see for a sexual predator. Yeah, so kids can, like, watch. Also parents as well, because yeah. so those parents don't really know what they're looking well, she for. She visited schools and spoke at seminars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. She lobbied for the Johnny Gosh Bill, state legislation which would mandate an immediate, an immediate police response to reports of missing children. Good. Mm. 72 hours is a bit long That's for a a very long. To be, I mean, that three a lot. It's three days. Yeah. A lot can happen in oh, three days. Yeah, a lot can happen seen, in twelve hours. Well, we've seen from those shows, like if missing persons, like especially children, if you don't find them within the first twenty-four hours, there's no hope. You really. know, your chance of yeah, yeah. Of finding them are pretty slim after that. Yeah. 
Alright, um, so good on you for doing that. The bill became law in Iowa in 1984, and similar or identical laws were later passed in Missouri and seven other states. In August 1984, Noreen Gosch testified in Senate hearings on organised crime, speaking about organised pedophilia and its alleged role in her son's abduction. She began receiving death threats. Oh, Jesus. Poor Noreen. Gosch also testified before the US Department of Justice, which provided which provided $10 million to establish the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Gosh was invited to the White House by President Ronald Reagan for the dedication ceremony. In 1989, Paul Bonacci told his attorney, Johnny DeCamp, that he had been abducted into a sex ring with Gosh as a teenager and was forced to participate in Gosh's kidnapping. Mm-hmm. John Gosh met with Panacci, so John Gosh is Johnny's dad. Oh, Johnny's dad. Yeah, yeah John Gosh met with Panacci and believed he was telling the truth. That's interesting because mm. John, the father, doesn't seem, from what I've read, doesn't seem to believe the mother that he's divorced yeah. from, Noreen Gosh. That, that he came back. He doesn't believe about the bit that he came back and spoke oh, to Noreen. So yeah, so yeah. I suppose there's a lot of theories that she's probably had a hallucination or whatever. Mm, yeah. Go on. But anyway, it's interesting that the dad now believes this Bonacci, Paul Bonacci. Um, he said that Johnny had a birthmark on his chest, a scar on his tongue, and a burn scar on his lower leg. Although a description of the birthmark had been widely circulated, information about the scars had not been made public. Bonacci also descri- described a stammer that Johnny had when he was upset. The FBI and local police do not believe that Bonacci is a credible witness in the case and have not interviewed him. Okay. Again, oh, okay. this would be so infuriating for the goshes. Like, yeah. Okay. Awful. So you've, you've come across this one person who's... Even if you don't think he's a credible witness, just fucking interview him anyway. Yeah, like, like he knows about stuff, personal stuff about this Johnny kid yeah, other people find besides out his parents why know. he knows that stuff yeah like why does he know about those scars yeah yeah exactly that's just weird it is and having a stammer that when he gets upset yeah it's weird yeah. personal why wouldn't the cops interview them it doesn't make any sense and the FBI too like yeah. what's with that Bonacci accused Lawrence E. King, the director of the Franklin Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska, of running an underage prostitution ring and victimising him since an early age. In 1990, a county grand jury declined to charge King, finding the allegations to be a carefully crafted hoax. Paul Bonacci and Alicia Owen were indicted indicted? Mm -hmm. on state perjury charges. Mm. Hmm. A federal grand jury also declined to indict anyone for child prostitution, but did return indictments against Owen for perjury and King for fraud related to the credit union. Hmm. It's all very complicated. Hmm. On February 27, 1999, the U.S. District Court of the District of Nebraska awarded Bonacci $1 million in compensatory damages and punitive damages. Bonacci had sued King, who failed to respond to the civil suit. Thus, a default judgment was entered against King, who ceased his appeal attempt in early 2000. What? So, Bonacci accused this guy, Lawrence King, mm-hmm. 
of running an underage prostitution ring yeah. and victimising him. Yeah, so. And so then the jury didn't want to charge King, no. finding it to be a hoax. Yeah. So then Panachi and who's Alicia Owen? I don't know. So Panachi and Owen were indicted for perjury and then didn't... So lying under oath. So they, in other words, saying because it was a hoax and you lied about it mm. and you've basically slandered this guy... Um, yeah, and then we did return indictments against Owen for perjury and King for fraud related to the credit union. So Lawrence King went was indicted anyway mm. for fraud. Yeah, so because he was the director of the credit union. Yeah, and then Bonacci was awarded compensation for the for the so pretty much nine so, years later. Yeah, so the court's kind of saying, okay, we probably stuffed up. Yeah, we probably should have investigated. We probably this. should investigate this. Here's a million dollars. Go keep quiet now. And in the meantime, like, that's the end of the article. There's heaps of links in to look further, and I kind of really do want to read Noreen's book. Um, And, yeah, in the meanwhile, this Johnny is still missing and has been for 30 and counting 35 years, 6 months and 15 days. Yeah, see, the weird things about this case is there's a shit ton of evidence, yet they haven't haven't found anything. Well, or they are looking the other way. I know I'm big into conspiracy theories, but to me it just sounds like they're getting all they're getting stuff, they're getting told stuff, they're getting tips, and they're just going, oh yeah. See, I I agree here. with that kind of with you on that, but I agree more of a case of it's less of a cover up and more of a this kid's been missing for 35 years. Like, what are we gonna do now? Like seriously? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah, but even earlier on, like how much they didn't do, and that it was left for the parents to do it themselves. I think as well that's just like the fact that the law system thirty-five years ago was crap compared to now, and it's still crap, but it was more crap then. I mean, Mm. like the fact that they have to wait seventy-two hours, and this kid's missing. Let's chuck him on the side of a milk carton. Exactly. Like we're never going to see him again anyway. But then, then what do you make of you know poor Noreen? Like getting woken up and mm. seeing who she th- believes immediately to be her son now, 27 There's years no old. There's no cooperation on that, though. There isn't. And, you know, and who's this guy? And who's he's this a, random guy? She guy? didn't She's ask, a, no. who's your friend? Oh, I know. If your missing son now turned up on your doorstep... When, and when why it, didn't she stop him from leaving? Well, it says that she doesn't... He didn't say where he was living or what he's been doing. Like, wouldn't you ask? You'd be where like, have you been? Damn it, son. How tell- are you? What yes. is happening? Were you kidnapped? Exactly. Were you abused? Damn it, are son. you planning on fucking staying? <laughs> Who is your friend? Stay here. I'm calling the fucking cops. Well, like, I, I'm not even calling cops, but yeah, I'm, be yeah. like, damn it, son. Get in the house and now. stay here. <laughs> and stay like, here. Why I'm did she let father. him go? I don't, I don't understand. And then See, again, was it, you know, was it in her head? I like, think it was. Really to be, I've, sad. it's sad, but at the same time, this is a grieving mother. Like you said, they said earlier, it's a trick on a grieving mother. Like the photos are fucking disturbing. Mm. I think that's just that's just weird. I think they are, but I also wonder whether maybe I reckon maybe Noreen did it as a publicity stunt. Yeah, it's true. She does have this website going. Exactly. She has a a book that's self published and a website. Doubting her, I don't really doubt her that much. Like, I don't know. I don't think she's there. I think maybe. Where did this kid go? He just he's just gone. I think he's just gone. And it's probably most likely he was in the prostitution. Is thing. he dead? Like, I don't know. Probably now he might be. If he's not dead, he's definitely fucked up. 
But I, yeah, I think Noreen probably got fucked up from the whole thing, and then basically every other thing after that is her desperately trying to keep him in the public eye. Yeah, I guess so. Because getting yeah, the case reinvestigated. Exactly, exactly. Like she's mm. been doing stuff ever since then, thirty-five years. You think about every other missing child. Most parents give up well, after did, well, a few years. Well, she did change years. a few things, and she ran those seminars, yeah. seminars and got some of the law changed. And I, I suppose mean, that's a positive thing things. that came out of it. But yeah. at the same time. I don't think a lot of her allegations, they can't be corroborated, so I'm not inclined to think that they were true. Mm, but that's, I don't agree with that. Just because someone's story can't be corroborated doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's true, but you can't prove it. But you can't ask every, everyone to prove everything. Like That's the way the law works. I know it's the way the law works, but I can see why she would be not have faith in the mm. justice system. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Johnny, if you're out there, no. <laughs> don't don't show up at our door at Yeah, please do not. Yeah. Please do not. Go home to your mother. <laughs> Go home. That is our advice Just, to you, Johnny. Uh, Go home I to your now, mother. I now, I now need to read why Johnny can't come home. You know why he can't come home. He's dead. Oh, I don't believe he's dead. You don't think he's dead? No. He'd be 47 by now. Doesn't mean he's dead. Just because you're 47 doesn't mean you're dead. He might not realise he's he's Johnny Gosh though. He could have been conditioned to think he's someone else. Oh, the plot thickens. He could be a Johnny Gosh walking around out there not realising he's Johnny Gosh. Mm. Not knowing his past. Okay. (laughs) Made you think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that is a... That's Johnny Gosh. That's Johnny Gosh. And another episode of Dark and Creepy Things... With Frank and Scout. And next episode is going to be something a little bit different. 